Hi there, welcome to episode 21 of the Waveback Music Podcast. Today's episode is Final Fantasy X for the PlayStation 2. Enjoy! Hello again, this is the Waveback Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Vicky. And we're here to talk to you about some of the most interesting video game music there is. Tonight is another Vicky request, and boy did she pick a doozy. The Final Fantasy series is known for a lot of things, and spectacular music is certainly one of them. And all of, of all the games to be the first Final Fantasy we cover, Vicky did the honors of choosing the 10th numerical entry. So grab your blitz balls and your asymmetrical shorts, for tonight we listen to music from Final Fantasy X. Now, Final Fantasy X probably has the most extensive soundtrack of any game we've ever discussed on Waveback before. So, um, this is only going to be volume one of our coverage. We'll eventually get around to, uh, to uh, another round of listening to Wave, uh, of Waveback. That's the name of this show. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't hear your favorite song from this game uh, this time around, don't worry. We will eventually be revisiting Final Fantasy X somewhere down the line. Uh, so now that that's out of the way, Vicky, why don't you hit us up with some history? All right. <laughs> Final Fantasy X was released December 17, 2001 for the PlayStation 2. This game was notable for a couple of reasons, besides the general nobility, notability of any numerical Final Fantasy release. First, this was going to the most technolo- technologically advanced Final Fantasy title ever made. Featuring fully 3D environments, a motion-captured spatial animation program. Second, it was the first game in the series to feature voice acting. Previous entries told their dialogue and story via text. Third, it was the first Final Fantasy game released on the PlayStation 2, which was pretty much the biggest thing on the planet at the time. Fortunately for Square Enix, Final Fantasy X delivered, and it was fairly massive success for them. Setting the console RPG pre-order record at the time. The game tells the story of Titus, a local blitzball player, and his eventual meetup with characters Yuna, Waka, Lulu, Kimari, and other names that are admittedly difficult to take seriously. <laughs> well, besides Oren. Oren's pretty cool. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Oren is, is cool, but I was, I was typing out those names. Yuna, Waka, Lulu... <laughs> Well, Waka's What are these, the Animaniacs? <laughs> Waka's a very silly name. <laughs> He's a very silly dude, too. He is a very silly Ridiculous dude. Ridiculous hair on that guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eventually, everyone teams up to take down Sin, a gigantic creature with a name like Sin pretty much has to be the villain. This was also the first Final Fantasy game to get a direct sequel in the form of Final Fantasy X-2. Which I actually love a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, Final Fantasy X-2 held the title for silliest sequel name until it was eventually supplanted by Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3, which is officially the dumbest name for a video game I've ever heard in my life. Have you heard, really quick, um, what is it? The Kingdom Hearts games. Oh God, the Kingdom Hearts games. I I think the worst offender was uh three five eight days over two. Yes, that one. That was absolutely absurd. Uh, and like dream drop distance. Uh, yep. it's three three D words, three Ds, three DS. 
clever. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Yeah, the Kingdom Hearts series definitely has the most, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's not asinine. It's a pretentious. It has the most pretentious titles in the history of video games. But I, I don't know. There's something inherently ridiculous about Super Mario Advance 4, Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little silly. Anywho's, um, as for this game's composers, uh, that honor goes to the legendary Nobuo Uematsu. And for another series first, he was assisted by Masahashi Hamauzu, I think that's how I said that, and uh, Junya Nakano. Uh, Nobu Uematsu is known primarily for his work on the Final Fantasy series, but he's done lots of other great soundtracks, including games from the Front Mission series, contributions to Chrono Trigger, one of my all-time favorites, uh, and Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. He also composed the main theme for Super Smash Bros. Brawl, which just so happens to be my personal favorite main theme in the franchise. This was the first... Uh, the first time he was uh, assisted by anybody else, because typically speaking for a numbered Final Fantasy game, Uematsu just, he went, went for it. He was, it was all him, like, lived the dream. That dude's a, a legend because of it. Um, but this time he was helped out by a Masahashi Ham Hamauzu. Again, I, I screwed it up again. Uh, he's another regular composer for Square, composing mu music for games like Tobal Number no. 1, Musashi Samurai Legend, and Lightning Returns Final Fantasy XIII. Another frontrunner for silly, silly video game titles. <laughs> and then finally, we have Junya Nakano, who, was the who has the illustrious credit on his resume of having composed the music for the 1992 X-Men arcade game from Konami, Ooh. which is ridiculous. Like, if you've never heard the music in that game, it is absolutely ridiculous. There's an entire track where a guy's just in the background saying X over and over again. It's, it's <laughs> so 90s. fantastic. Uh, and he's also worked on all sorts of other cool games like Dawn of Mana, Threads of Fate, and the Full Metal Alchemist games for the Game Boy Advance. Also from Square Enix. So with this kind of stable of artists, Final Fantasy X was poised to have one, of, one hell of a soundtrack, and as you will soon hear, and I will soon hear, it did not disappoint. So uh, now that we've done our homework, let's talk quickly about our experiences with the games. Vicky, why don't you go first? Okay, well, this is going to be a huge shocker, but... Final Fantasy X was my first Final Fantasy game. Oh, really? Oh, oh my God, yeah. I um, I was late into the PlayStation like area because that was Xbox, right? Yeah. Well, um, they I mean, came out. I was really Xbox late was into a contemporary PlayStation, to PlayStation Two. So, PS Two, Xbox, and GameCube were contemporaries. Yeah, um, I was a huge Xbox uh, fangirl. So. Okay. I just did not want anything to do with PlayStation, even though, like, previously it was huge in, like, PlayStation 1, like Spyro and everything like that. And so yet you missed I the this... PS1 Final Fantasy games. I did. I missed all of them. Until recently, oh. I, picked, I was able to pick up every single Final Fantasy, except for 7, because I have never played 7, but that's for another time. Yeah, you can we'll, yell at me later. I won't. Trust me. Oh, okay, cool. That's fine. I hold um, an unpopular yeah. opinion of that game. What got me was the cover art. I was like super into Japanese stuff. So I'm like, oh, wow, JRPGs. That's totally up my alley. <laughs> and I saw Titus and I fell in love with him instantly. He's a pretty likable dude. He is. Uh, he's a little goofy. I guess that's what I'm into. But I, yeah, I've met Bart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Bart. I love you. 
<laughs> he's not here. Oh, maybe he's listening. Hi, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was my first Final Fantasy. And like the music drew me in instantly. Like the title screen, which is the first song that we're going to listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it got me, man. <laughs> Makes me cry. Final Fantasy music will do that to you. Um, really I have a very does. different history with this one. Um, I, I was not a fan of turn-based RPGs through uh, all throughout growing up. I remember when Final Fantasy three came out on Super Nintendo. Uh, that was my first real Final Fantasy. I very, very briefly tried the first Final Fantasy on NES, and I did not care for it at all. Um, my friends of mine were really into Final Fantasy two on Super NES. I also was not into it at all. And then Final Fantasy 3 was coming out and it was marketed really heavily. So I was super stoked to get my hands on it and I rented it and I was like, I, I hate this crap. <laughs> I hate these turn-based <laughs> RPGs. Um, but eventually I got Chrono Trigger and fell so madly in love with it. And it was that game that helped me understand the turn-based RPG like systems. And then I went back and did Final Fantasy 3, which I later found out was Final Fantasy 6. And um, I was I just fell head over heels in love with that game. Um, I played seven, wasn't crazy about it. I played eight, wasn't crazy about it. Played nine, thought it was fantastic. Um, uh, but I, you know, I I always gave the series a shot after that. If it was a Final Fantasy related game, at the very least, it was going to be enough of a spectacle for me to be really interested in. And when Final Fantasy ten came out, I mean, PlayStation two was just such a revelation at the time. It had unfortunately uh blown the dreamcast completely out of the water and games coming out for playstation 2 were were like a really big deal because people were putting some serious effort into these games to make them look and sound just unlike anything else the that was the generation you know dreamcast ps2 xbox and gamecube where 3d games really took shape like I, i've i've gone on record many times saying that i i really don't like the 32 bit generation it's it's just some of the ugliest ugliest video games in the history of mankind uh and coming from the gorgeous sprite work of the 16 bit era it was really difficult but by the time playstation 2 had hit you were starting to see games that really looked good looked clean and like even though you could still tell they were made of polygons it wasn't like you know battle arena toshin then for playstation one or anything like it wasn't a bunch of pointy triangles it was it was really things come to life and the ambition behind final fantasy 10 just enthralled me from the get-go like just seeing images of this in magazines and and trailers and when that game finally came out i took it home and i was just like wow this game is gorgeous just just as I loved the setting, the the beachfront type setting that was going on in the beginning there. Now, eventually, I did fall off. I didn't. I never finished this game. I only played through the first maybe like two or three hours before I I just oh, kind of fell no. off. I don't know what it was about it. I just, I don't know that I necessarily lost interest. It was more of just kind of a symptom of me not having a ton of time to play any longer. And you know, when you go a couple of months without playing an RPG and you try to go back, it's yeah, you it's, might as well just start from the beginning because you've just like forgotten everything by that point. Exactly, and that was my problem. I didn't want to start over again, but I didn't. I, I tried picking up where I left off, and I was just lost. And I've, I've honestly, I've never gone back to this game, so I haven't heard, with the exception of track number one, because I've heard like a ton of covers of it over the years. <laughs> I don't think I've heard any of this music since my initial play of it, and and probably a lot of it I never heard at all because I didn't get very far into the game. So I'm 
very, very excited to hear this music tonight uh, because Nobuo Uematsu is masterful. Um, is any Final Fantasy music is usually really good stuff. Like, I don't have a great opinion of Final Fantasy VII, but Final Fantasy VII's soundtrack is amazing. Yeah. Like, just unfathomably good. So even if a Final Fantasy game isn't your cup of tea, there's just no denying the absolute, uh, just, just fantastic artistry of the music involved in these games. So let's get started, shall we? Sure. Uh, track number one is called To Zan- Zanarkand. How do you pronounce it? Zanarkand. That? Zanarkand. All right. Good for me. <laughs> Shows you what I remember. And this is the song that I've, I've heard covered uh, a ton of times. I'm very familiar with this track. It is, it is a beautiful, beautiful piece of music. And it's funny that you mentioned that it was like the, the title screen music that really drew you into it. Um, I was reluctant to pick up Final Fantasy VII for my own reasons, but man, the title screen music from Final Fantasy VII just just melted me and and sucked me right in so uh here we go here is to zenarkand by nobuo imatsu and this particular arrangement is by masahashi hamazu hamazu damn it (laughs) i think Um, it's hamauzu hamauzu that's even better because there's a uzu at the end yeah you're right hamauzu so uh i i'm sure he's listening to the show my sincerest (laughs) apologies i am terrible at this um but yeah, so this arrangement was by by him. Uh, it's a beautiful piano arrangement, so enjoy.
And that was one of those beautiful songs I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> it is. It is a really stunning, stunning piece of music. You know, what was interesting when I was listening to it right there was as I'm listening to it, it's got a very um, traditional, like old school video game sensibility to the way it's written. Like I could definitely hear that uh, being transposed into like a, a, an eight or 16 bit um, rendition. And, and and it probably and it working just fine because uh, it's it's just written with a very strong main melody and and backup melody. It's a very just it's a very well put together piece of music. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just like I was thinking about it and I was thinking, wow, I would like to actually hear that eight uh, bit. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there has done it, but oh yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm eight bit covers of modern modern game music are are quite common but i would love to actually have heard that you know written for an nes but i guess since um Uematsu, i think he's been with the series since the beginning i'm i'm fairly certain he has been. yeah i'm pretty sure he has he even joined with um the original final fantasy team uh they moved to mist walker yes and, that's right he followed them the mist walker did and then um, blue dragon lost odyssey uh, lost odyssey had like one of the greatest soundtracks I've ever heard in my life. I've never played Lost Odyssey. Oh my god, that game was freaking amazing. Like, every... The, I don't want to get into it, because... This <laughs> not this episode. No, not this episode. But yes, that game was great. Every single song he did fit every mood of every single moment perfectly. Alright, that's all. That's all. <laughs> Back to to uh, Zanarkand. (laughs) I feel like there should be a land in there somewhere, but it's not. It just canned. (laughs) Zanarkand. Oh, Final Fantasy and your silly names. How we love you. (laughs) So what's happening in the game when this this song is playing? This is the opening cinematic, which um, they're showing. Actually, it's very near the end of the game. Um. They they're, are, they're showing Sin attacking, aren't they? No. no. This is they they've all gotten ready for their final battle against Sin. Like this is they're all sitting around and they're all just like really sad. It's a very upsetting part because I don't know if I want to ruin the video game for you. Let's uh let's go ahead oh, and wait. Uh, spoiler alert this. Uh all right. Spoiler if you haven't alert. played Final Fantasy X, get on it. <laughs> You've had a long time. <laughs> so Yuna pretty much has to give up her life to kill Sin. All summoners do. Any summoner who fights against Sin, if they actually want to get rid of Sin, they have to give their life up. And they're all like dealing with that. But but there's Final Fantasy X too, and she's on the cover. I know. <laughs> Oh my god, what happens at the end of the the video game? You'll have to play to find out, or I could ruin it for you right now. Well, all I know is that, like, I've just from reading the back of the box, is that something happens to Titus, and mm-hmm. her and her music rock group friends... <laughs> her J-pop friends? Which, which what the hell? <laughs> uh, go to find him, or something like that. Yeah. God, Final Fantasy X-2 is weird. It is weird. (laughs) 
All right, well, we don't really need to get into that. We're, no, we're, we're we here don't. to we're here to discuss the music, and mm-hmm. and that was uh, just uh, a stunningly gorgeous piece. All right, so we're going to move on to uh, our track number two, which is called "Spira Unplugged," also by uh, Mr. Uematsu. In fact, I believe all the tracks that we're going to be listening to tonight are by Uematsu. I think there's just certain arrangements were by the other two uh, uh, composers to help with uh, the generalness of things. Uh, but yeah, "Spira Unplugged." I have no idea what this is about. Um, obviously, you do. What's a give us a little bit of an introduction to this piece? Oh, okie dokie. Uh, so, Spira Unplugged is the main theme for Besaid Island. It's played throughout the village of Kilika, like where Waka lives, and Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing at Waka? I'm just listening to that entire sentence. Hey, Kiliko, where Waka and Lulu live. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, never change, Square. Never change. Here is track number two, Spira Unplugged. kind of continuing what i think my is, is at least so far as much as a trend as you can have with uh, two tracks 
But um, it again, it sounds like something I can really hear the simplistic overtones of something that would work on an old school NES game or something. But it's so filled out and sounds so amazing on these real, real instruments. And oh man, this was a, such a great song. It's um, I half remember this. Like I can I can kind of kind of remember hearing this one in the game. Um, it's it's fun because it's not like you're. It's, it seems a little bit less than less. Um, it's not quite your typical town music in a video game, it, but it kind of has a little bit of that feel, but it's got a little bit more of a groove to it. Like it's, it kind of plays into that whole, I guess, kind of sort of Island theme that this game had going for it. It's um, oh, a fantastic track. It does that. It, all right. So yes, it does have like a very beachy theme. Um, we were talking like a little bit before and I, I think it's like, Spanish guitar because I'm pretty sure Nobuo Uematsu is pretty fond of it after mm-hmm. like like Final Fantasy 9 was based like the instrument he usually has like a main instrument or like theme to each of his soundtracks for like Final Fantasy 9 it was the Spanish guitar and I think like there was quite a bit of that in this but it also sounds like an acoustic guitar so I'm a little confused it could be both yeah, it could be some combo of the two. It could just be you know regular classical guitar yeah. uh, with nylon strings, but it's it's gorgeous. No matter it's how you slice lovely. it, it's, it's, it's yeah, it very lovely. It's a very nice, calm, like relaxing song. It is like it's 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 real nice and calm and relaxing, but it also has just a little bit of a kick to it. Like mm-hmm. you know, I don't necessarily want to fall asleep to it. <laughs> Which is good. You don't want to fall asleep when playing. No, it's just like I'm hanging out in my my fancy beach house, and this is the music I listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's 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 just as complex as it needs to be. But this again with a really strong main melody, just good good stuff, good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, track number three is called "The Trials," Yay! which is clearly very very important and very dangerous. Um, Super important, not very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is the what is the trials about? What is the, what is this? The trials are the like puzzle level of Final Fantasy X. So um, you are on a pilgrimage with Yuna, and she has to collect all of the summons or the aeons mm. um, so she can eventually defeat Sin. She needs to call all of them out to kill him. And this is like the puzzle level to help you get through to it, like through each of the trials. Um, to help her go and get the Aeon. Like, the very first one is Valifor. After that is Ifrit. I think Ixion, which is a weird lightning unicorn. Oh, that one is awesome. very scary. Very scary. Ixion? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I love it. I, how do you come up with these names? I have no idea. It's fantastic. Um, who is after that? Wario. Well, it was like, <laughs> Wario? It's totally Wario. <laughs> Bahamut was like later on. There was a secret summon, Yojimbo. He was cool. Um mm, I don't remember. But that's what the trials are. <laughs> okay. Well, uh here is the music to the trials called The Trials. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. 
very mysterious sounding. Quite mysterious. Um, the only notes I had for this one is um, there are a lot of really weird sounds going on. They have almost a, a, a technological vibe to them. But uh, the strings kind of keep it feeling just a little bit playful. So it, it, yeah. it seems to skate the line between ominous and silly quite well. <laughs> yeah, um, all of these take place in temples that you that Yuna prays to. So it kind of has like a temple-y feeling, <laughs> like mm. underground. Yeah, okay, I can, I can definitely see that. It, it's definitely the kind of music... This is one of those... It's, it's such a Final Fantasy... Uh, it's a Square Enix RPG kind of thing. Like, this kind of music while exploring some sort of cave, dungeon, castle-type place. Like, this is such a very typical, and I don't mean that to sound disparaging at all, uh, but it is. this is a very typical Final Fantasy soundtrack kind of song. It's, it kind of sticks with you, but it's, the, it's perfect background music for what it is that you're doing, because it really, it tends to do more mood setting than be the spotlight itself. Yeah. It's, it's very, very good background music, very perfect mm -hmm. for that. Um, I kind of had like a love-hate relationship with these levels because sometimes, all right, so you have to get through these and you collect like, um, like secret weapons or the glowing treasures in the, in the temples. And if you collect all of them in each and every one of the temples, you get to get anima, which is the, uh, one of the final aeons. And... Finally, I can't not laugh at these. I know. <laughs> anima. If you you've never seen anima? I've seen anime. No, it's not anime. It is the scariest um aeon I've ever seen. Um What is it? A spoiler clown? alert. Huh? What is it? A clown? No. <laughs> All right. How Clowns do you spell it? I'm going to look this thing up. How do you spell it? A N I M A. Oh, so it's really anime, but with an A at the end. Yep. <laughs> okay, and guys. Now you're just getting lazy. <laughs> and uh, it's terrifying. I have to like, specify Final Fantasy X. Ew! Right? What is that, a Spoil fish? <laughs> um, spoiler alert, it's Seymour's mother. That's a chick? Ah, uh, it's something. <laughs> Wait a minute, okay. Okay, so first off... I'm looking at it's like a Venus flytrap yep. eating a thing that's got yep. Venus flytrap mohawk. And chains. And chains that are being held by a pair of purple arms that don't seem to be its primary arms. Wow. What in it's the world? Freaky. Yeah, good good job, guys. Uh, <laughs> mm. How how do you even think something like that up? I boy, don't oh boy. Know. <laughs> that is uh, that is a uh, a remarkable thing there. Well, yeah. that's the ugliest thing I've seen all day. <laughs> Somebody oh drew a chibi God. version, and you know what? It's still terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot like how she became like that, but they do have a backstory on how Seymour's <laughs> mother became. It's gotta be one hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, there's so much going on. Like, this has got to be the result of at least seven or eight different curses. Like, this isn't one curse. This isn't just like, oh, she's pissed off one genie, so she got these purple arms sticking out of her neck. She f pissed off the, the god of Venus flytraps, and now she's being forever eaten by a Venus flytrap. 
She doesn't have a nose. She's got, <laughs> I mean, like, she must have pissed some people off. <laughs> you don't wind up looking like that without, you know, ticking off the wrong. Like, she's got another thing. Like, she's got another monster for her feet. <laughs> just, just, no, no feet. Another monster. There's a mouth, pair of arms. Just, that's what's there instead of feet. <laughs> Like, if I'm looking at the whole thing, it almost looks like if you turn it on the side, this is some kind of, like, really fucked up hot dog or something. Like, <laughs> wow. Fucked up hot dog. It is the ultimate fucked up hot dog. Don't get me wrong. But, jeez. Jeez, oh Louise. Oh, my God. <sighs> All right. Well. well, nightmare fuel. I won't be sleeping tonight. Thank you, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> Back welcome. to the music. Let's move on to track number four, The Sending. Mm -hmm. I assume this is the music that plays at the post office? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> this is... <laughs> this is the song <laughs> that... um. It's one of the main themes of Final Fantasy X. You hear it every time you enter one of the temples. Each temple has its own version of this song. So um, this is actually for when um, Yuna sends like dead spirits to the Fade. The Fade? No, it's not the Fade. Uh-oh. I'm mixing up games. <laughs> the Fade is from uh, Dragon Age. Oh, okay. Um, You're saying the but... Fade. I'm thinking of like, you know... Haircuts like the fade. Oh no. <laughs> like fresh Prince of Bel Air action going on here. Look, I don't know how weird this game gets. I know Titus is walking around with shorts far with plane. two different length legs, so the far and, plane. And mm -hmm. you just showed me the uh the, the most fucked up hot dog in the history of mankind, so <laughs> But yes, uh she does this dance and it's like this cutscene, like all the cutscenes are amazing. But this Is this the water dance one? Yeah. Where little waterfalls start shooting up out of the ground or something? Yep. Uh-huh. I don't remember this one. Oh. I don't remember the song, but I remember that cutscene. Oh. <laughs> this is the water dance cutscene. All right. So here we go. Water dance cutscene or the sending. Track number four. Enjoy.
this descending. Um, it's a ceremony performed by summoners that help guide the spirits of the dead to the far plane. Sending is performed via dance ritual. Sending the dead is... Well... Lulu actually says something pretty great about it. The dead need guidance. Filled with grief over their death, they refuse to face their fate. They yearn to live on and resent those still alive. It's so sad. This is like a very sad song, but it's also great because all the like bad spirits are gone. Yeah, I I I, I, get, I get that. That's um, <laughs> yeah. Just from it, this is this is an interesting piece to listen to without the context of what's going on in the game because you know, you're, you're explaining this to me and I'm just. I'm listening to this this piece of music and I'm trying not to think of anything except for just focusing on the music itself and it's just striking me as generic ceremony music um which is yeah, which is, is is an odd feeling to have about something that Uematsu would write but again similar to that other piece uh it's I guess it's designed to be that way because you're supposed to be focusing on what Yuna is doing and mm-hmm. the 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 purpose of what she's doing more than the music. The music is literally in this scene just to serve the purpose of exuding a certain feeling. Um, so while I'm listening to it, sadness. I'm not really enjoying it. But after you did that, you explained that to me. Uh, this, the song makes a lot more sense. This version was like more of a funeral song than all the other ones. Cause well, now all, all the different versions are in involved in like sending spirits away to the, uh, to their, yeah, Ultimate fate, I suppose. Um, that's how you get aeons. When you go to the temple, you hear this song. I wish I had added more because they were all very nice. Each um, spirit, like each temple you go to, you pray to, and like that main spirit helps you. So, like Valifor is the spirit of a child, and no, that was Bahamut. I forgot who Valifor was. But, like, Bahamut is the spirit of a child. You pray to it, and he comes to you. So, if you go to it, you can see, like, the dead spirit when you go hmm. to the temples. Interesting. Well, very sad. Yeah, and at the same time, you can't help but feeling like the dead spirits are kind of, you know, they're kind of jerks. <laughs> sitting there, being all resentful to people that are still alive. Well, you're the one who's dead. You lived. <laughs> hate me for being alive. Spirits. Anyway, um, track number five is the next song. The next is, song, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Is uh, "Movement in Green." It's a much lighter tone than from where we were just were. <laughs> well, I it wanted would be kind of hard to middle. be darker than that one. <laughs> Dead <laughs> oh, souls yeah. who hate you are moving on. <laughs> no, this one's happy. <laughs> oh, good. I like happy songs. All right, so here is uh, track number five: "Movement in Green."
song may sound familiar to you. Extremely. It's actually the main theme again, just rearranged. I, I wonder, I wondrously and extremely rearranged. I know they just they took the same song and they just made it happier somehow. Yeah, it just I, added um, a, a good rhythm to it, and it's mm-hmm. got a very different feel. Uh, just kind of, kind of goes to show you, like what I was saying about the the track in the first place was that uh, that melody is very strong, and when you've got a strong melody like that, you can you can make it very malleable, and it really works in this setting. It really does. This um this point in the game is where you go onto the moon flow, and you meet um yeah <laughs> the, the what moon, now the moon flow the moon flow okay. Yeah. Look, and, uh, I apologize to any you know, big-time Final Fantasy X fans, yourself included. I, I'm really not meaning to make fun of this game. It's just, out of context, this shit is ridiculous. I didn't even get to the best part. This <laughs> is where you meet Riku again. You aren't going to laugh at the Riku name? You know what? The thing about Riku is that Riku... Alright, so this is not at all related to Riku from Kingdom Hearts, right? Mm-hmm. No, not okay. at all. This is the girl, right? The blonde girl with the braids in her hair? Yep, she helps you out in the beginning. Gotcha, all right. Yeah, no, Riku is like one of the li- the less silly names in the game. I, f- I find Riku far less silly than Lulu. Aw, <laughs> Lulu's like a puppy's name. <laughs> exactly, but isn't it like a, a like goth chick with a yep. dress made of belts and a Moogle doll? Wacky. That dress was pretty badass, though. Like, the dress made of belts. That was awesome. Like, that was a really cool design. That must be, like, 30 pounds of, like, leather on her dress, just in the belt. Just in the, like, it's just all got metal, metal pieces and stuff on. Like, that one's in shape. Like, no doubt. (laughs) Uh, I just love how, like, that, the Xanarkin song is played at, like, all the important parts. Um, Mm -hmm. This was, I liked the moon flow. I think that was my favorite, like, area. One of my favorite areas. You know what? I like all the areas. I like the whole game. (laughs) I'm not biased. This is going very well. (laughs) I like this character. I like all all the characters. (laughs) I also picked all of my favorite songs. Hey, that's okay. Except for, I think it's the next song I don't care for too much. But I put it there because it's very important. All right, well let's let's get right to that. That's um, oh. it's gonna be track number six, Seymour's theme, which I thought was very funny. I played it for someone, and I'll tell you all about it like right after we listen to it. All right, then let's jump right in. Here's track number six, Seymour's theme.
So, that was Seymour's theme. And the funny thing was, I was um, preparing all the music for um, all of this, and I was playing some of it. And I was actually talking to Len. And I played this song, and I'm like, what do you think? This is a character's theme. How do you feel about this? And he's like, this is a bad guy. <laughs> well, clearly. Like, yeah, you can instantly tell. Like, they do not hide, like, that he is a bad guy. Nobu Uemasu is never subtle about that. He's like, you, you have to know this from the beginning. <laughs> this is the villain. Here is villainous music. <laughs> oh, he seems like a nice man. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely ominous. It's definitely it's definitely bad guy music, but it's also it's really spacey. Like yeah. um you would you would think uh, you know traditional villain music, lots of tubas and dum 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 doom evilness. Uh, this was like it's it's got kind of a dreamy aspect to it. What kind of character is Seymour? Seymour is a tall guado human hybrid. They're a, a <laughs> they're a race in Final Fantasy X. They have weird long fingers. Uh, I don't like them. Yeah. They're weird. Yeah, I know. Gross. Um, he has purple eyes, That's light cool. blue hair, hmm. and two horn-like locks running down his back. What's so he the lion-headed dude? With the braids. Oh, Kimari. So he doesn't look anything like Kimari, right? He does not. He's a humanoid. Oh. Weird. Yeah, and he has um, crazy robes. He's also a summoner. Crazy robes, huh? Yep, lots of robes. Nice. Big old fancy robes. He is, like, a very powerful guy. He wants to, like, marry Yuna to... Because um, Yuna is like a very popular summoner because her father created uh, brought about the calm, which is any period of time that sin isn't around, and his calm was the longest one. So Yuna is his daughter, mm-hmm. and everyone expects great things from her. So Seymour sees this and is like, "I'm going to marry her. Everyone's going to like me, and I can do whatever I want." Sounds like a great plan. Nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Too bad she's in love with Titus. What? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Seymour doesn't have asymmetrical shorts, does he? No. His shorts are the same length. <laughs> he does have the weird one lightning-looking bang, though. Oh. Ooh. How Do- evil. You should probably look at what. <laughs> also, you wouldn't really think of a bad guy's name to be Seymour, but he is—he is a force to be reckoned with. Well, I mean, that's kind—that's of, kind of a thing with a oh, this character. I've seen this picture before. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a—that's something. That is Final Fantasy character, all right. <laughs> That hair is right. Something special. Oh boy, is he wearing <laughs> sandals? Is he? I don't remember. Oh my god, is he wearing sandals? He's wearing like slippers. He's got like a pair of loafers on. Oh sweet. <laughs> He's ready for some Netflix and chill. <laughs> he looks like kind of a futuristic 
Japanese like emperor. Yeah, a little bit. I could see that. That is a that is a low V neck though. Like <laughs> that's all the way low. That's a bold fashion choice right there. Boy, oh boy. Wait, but, you know, Final Fantasy it. villains, like, I, think of Kefka, you know? Yeah. Kefka was a walking clown, like, Final Kefka Fantasy villain. Kefka was a clown. Sephiroth looking, like, all badass was, like, kind of weird for a Final Fantasy villain, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Final Fantasy villains are usually ornate and bizarre. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, yeah, that was a really interesting piece of music there. It's, um, you know, definitely villainous. It, you know, when you... Listening to that music and listening to the name and hearing the name Seymour, this mm-hmm. is not the character type that would pop into my head. Nope. Um, yet somehow I could I can imagine it working quite well. So again, kudos to you, Uematsu. You are awesome at what you do. All right, uh, I imagine you have some things to say about this next track, Suteki oh Dane, or Isn't It Wonderful? Oh my god! Um, so why don't you why don't you kick kick this one off for us? Okay, should I start talking about it now, or should we wait till after? Let's wait till after. Okay. Oh, uh, this one has vocals. Am I right? Yes. Who sings this? Um, what's her name? Her name is. I'm asking you. <laughs> I know it's Riki, but it's actually. Um, Ritsuki, oh God, I have to find it. Ritsuki something. Okay, here oh. is Suteki Dene by Ritsuki something. I'll get back to you. Okay, uh, so, all right, here we go. Here is track number seven, Suteki Dane, or Isn't It Wonderful, by Nobu Uematsu, vocals by... So this was sung by Riki, or Ritsuki Nakano. She's a Japanese folk singer.
the most beautiful songs I've ever listened to in my life. <laughs> um, this plays during the romantic scene between Titus and Yuna. And like when I first saw that, I was like screaming. I was so happy that they finally got together. Well, kind of. Kind of <laughs> got together because she's going to die. What happens? Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're just like, they have this moment here. And it's, it's so wonderful. Oh, but yeah, sorry. This is like one of the main themes in, um, in the game. This plays for Yuna's theme, like the, the background music. Um, this is the game over. And it was actually part of Spira Unplugged. Huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was actually lucky enough to... I've been to two Distant World concerts. And for the first one, they only had the instrumental version of the song. I was very happy just to hear the song being played at all. But... Uh, the second one, I think, was that last year or the year before? I don't remember. Um, I think it was the year before, based on absolutely nothing. Oh, <laughs> it was in the New Jersey Pack Center in Newark. And so, Nobu Uematsu gets on stage. First of all, he was sitting right behind us. So, <laughs> we had better seats than the composer. <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was the funniest we were like two rows from the front of the stage it was amazing that's awesome i was so happy and he gets on stage and he's like we have a special treat for you um so we know we've played this song before but this is going to be the first time you'll hear ritsuki nakano hear it and i was just i was crying was literally me and my friend nick we were like sobbing because this is like our favorite song <laughs> <laughs> and we got to hear her sing it oh in real life it was the best <laughs> that's fantastic that's that's a great story <laughs> um yeah this uh instrumentally speaking this is a it's it's definitely a beautiful piece it's not really my thing um i'm sure there's a lot of context that's required to that would have been required to really make me feel something with this song um and i really i don't i don't mean to i don't mean to pee in your cereal here or anything like that it's a, um it is it's it's a it's technically a wonderful piece but this this kind of um i anime-esque uh love song has just never really done it for me but um there's it's just no denying how good it is now during during the break when we were talking about this uh, during the break when we were listening to this uh song that violin solo is was really remarkable they were really doing a, a very good job there's a lot of really really good instrumentation here um, oh yeah i was talking about the other version the not so great version where they <laughs> don't hit all the high notes and the one that's not in the video game I don't like that version. I don't think it belongs anywhere at all. No offense, but seriously, a little bit of offense. <laughs> Stick to the original, man. <laughs> glorious as is. Stick to it. I love it. 
All right, uh, let's move on to track number eight. Um, this one's called Seymour Battle. Uh, I assume this is when you are battling Seymour. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm so good at this. Uh, so <laughs> let's go ahead and listen to it, and we'll talk about it when we're done, because that's how this podcast works. Huzzah. Ooh. Enjoy.
so that was uh, Seymour Battle Theme, uh, and this is classic Uematsu Battle Theme music. Like, this is so spot on. I love it. I've obviously I've never heard this track before right now, and I'm just I'm just grooving to it. There's that ridiculous crash symbol is making me laugh. Uh, it just kind of sticks out like a sore thumb over the rest of it. But this this music is killer. It's got all those like kind of like weird throwback sounds. Like it's got those little kind of eight bit type synthy sounds I got going in the beginning there. It still kind of feels a little bit spacey. Like when we were talking about Seymour's theme earlier, that kind of spacey vibe to it. It's got little touches of that, but man, this is just, it's just killer. It's the whole time I'm listening to this. I'm just picturing doing like a long, long turn-based battle to this. Cause it's like, uh, I hear this kind no. of music and I just, I just think of what's my next move. What's my next move? Like this, this music just signifies that so well to me and i assume this is a a track you listen to for a good long while the longest it's yeah. actually a bit maddening i the only <laughs> reason i chose this is because i hated battling seymour i it was the worst experience of my life he was <laughs> the hardest boss in the game he i mean he freaking should be oh god he was harder than sin which is like quote unquote the main bad guy this mm. guy was awful. Hate Seymour. But the reason I like it so much now is because I've been playing it on um, <laughs> Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm. <laughs> and I'm like, this song is so great. I love all its wacky little parts. I love what all is it? That 7-8 that time? Is that what it was going into there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. that was, that's wild. That's like, that was yeah. a really cool change up there. It's really fun. Oh, the reason it's so spacey is... Um, so Titus comes from the past. And in the past, they were like super technologically advanced. And um, he is transported a thousand years into the future. So, um, so it's kind of the reason why it's so spacey is because like all uh, the timeline Titus is from, it kind of goes into like the more, what's it called? like. Low-key? Not low-key. The more rustic um, version of Final Fantasy, or like Xanarkin and that whole Spira. Okay. All of the Spira you see now. Like everyone's... Nobody uses technology at all. Everyone does everything by themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't believe in technology, actually. It was banned. So, yeah, that's why it's so space-y sounding. There is something oddly anti-meta, I guess, about banning technology in a video game that you're playing. <laughs> a little. But yeah, I, well, I I feel like uh, I guess I'm not surprised. Like I just actually forgot all about Sin uh, when when you were talking about Seymour. Just I, I just kind of assumed Seymour kind of becomes the the main bad guy in the game. He kind of is for a while. Hmm. It's like Sin becomes like a back thing. Like you have to face him, but Seymour is this like immediate threat who keeps coming after you. What jerk? He is a jerk. I hate him. What a jerk with dumb hair and a yeah. really low V-neck shirt. Yeah. Anywho, well, I assume the in order to get to this next track, you would have to beat Seymour and Sin, because the next track is our last track of the night. It is the ending theme to Yay. Final Fantasy X. 
So we're going to go ahead and listen to it right now.
So that was the ending theme to Final Fantasy X. Very, very sad ending of the game. And I'm going to give you some spoilers. Yeah, well, before you actually do that, that's very... Oh, okay. I, I do find that kind of surprising that it's a very sad ending, because I didn't get that from the, the music. That one big trumpet in the middle? Oh, like, besides the one big trumpet in the middle that was really bizarre, but just generally speaking, it didn't sound sad or or really mournful or anything. It just sounded very pretty. Uh, I, I wasn't really getting sadness out of that, but by all means, spoil away. Okay. So, uh, you obviously beat Sin, and Yuna doesn't have to sacrifice herself. You realize that Titus pretty much sacrificed himself to save Yuna, so he dies at the end. Quote unquote oh, dies. Wow. What? Uh, this whole thing goes on Final Fantasy Ten Two, where you have to go look for him. Well, we'll go to that another day. He's dead. I know it's so weird. It's it's this really like emotional part. Um, Yuna runs at him to go to hug him, and she falls right through him because he's a ghost. Ooh. Yep. Does she have to like? send him somewhere does she get to do her fancy schmancy magic and no she doesn't send him oh he just they're on an airship and he jumps off the airship and that's it hmm. yep uh it's way sadder <laughs> than yeah. what i'm explaining <laughs> well i guess i mean it's definitely not unheard of for a, a primary character to die in a uh a square RPG. I mean, think of Chrono Trigger. Chrono definitely dies in that game. <sighs> uh, but yeah. that was that. That's that's interesting because um, I, I I really didn't get sadness out of that. It was a gorgeous gorgeous number again with the uh, that primary theme you know being woven mm-hmm. back into there. Um, I was uh, saying while we were listening to the song that it um it's an odd parallel to draw, but the um. The way that they have that centralized theme going in and out of the 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 soundtrack it reminds me of Super Mario World, which was the first video game I had ever heard that really did that. I mean, I guess Legend of Zelda does that to an extent, uh, where you've got the two different versions, you know, one of the overworld uh, and mm-hmm. that kind of theme reprised throughout. So smaller smaller pieces of music, but Super Mario World was like straight up. This is the song. We're just gonna be malleable with it. We're going to make this song work for every instance. And uh, Uematsu is doing it just a masterful job of that here um, by just taking his, his, the, the essential central theme and making it fit all the different uh, circumstances. And even this one sounded very similar to the original ver- version of it, but it had a, a different overall feeling to it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, a, a, a gorgeous end to a gorgeous soundtrack. Thank you for, uh, Thank you for making me listen to this one, Vicky. No problem. I do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you have any uh, final words before we uh, wrap this up? Um, sorry for spoiling the game for you and everyone <laughs> else, but you had enough time. Uh, it's still my favorite Final Fantasy. Wait. Mm, all right. This and six. Favorites. Oh, fantastic call. Yep. Six is hands down my favorite. And the music. Oh, beautiful. Oh. well well done well well done well chosen and um that's gonna be our show tune in next time 
Uh, we're going to listen to the awesome sounds of the always fun and always obnoxious to pronounce VVVVVV. I oh love this game and I oh hate saying the name of it. <laughs> but as always, we would love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of these games, um, including this one that we just listened to. So if you like, please send them into mail at geekade.com. And while you're at it, check out all our social media channels, which you should totally like, follow, and subscribe to if you haven't already. Be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. And on behalf of Vicky and myself, thanks for listening, and good night. Good night.